0: I love this service every year because I love to see if you don't hug each other any other time, you do it now. And I've been watching that. In fact, I've seen two people here that have collected more hugs than anybody else. And I let them remain nameless for now. But that's a great thing to see. And I still see people walking through the parking lot. So that's a lovely thing. So we're going to be hearing from Zane and also Keller Hudson. Today we're going to sing a couple of carols together. We're going to serve the Lord's Supper tonight. I want to say Merry Christmas. Aren't you glad for this time of the year? I sure am. So let's relax for a moment and listen to Zane play one more time. saying all the words.
1: His disciples. That's always a key phrase. When you find that in the Testament, you, you should circle every single time with his disciples. With his disciples. And so one evening, Jesus is going to uh, have a meal with his disciples, and they're gathered together. It would be the last meal that they would have together before all the events that are leading up to Calvary. And he, he said, "This. Do this in remembrance." of me.
2: Well, you know what I'm talking about. Most of you in the church, you probably know that we're talking about communion. We either call it communion
1: or we call it the Lord's Supper. And it's like a memorial, right? It's a memorial. It's a, You know that a memorial is something that is established to help people remember an event or people, another person. And so we know that Paul talked later to the church of Corinth about the importance of Body life and be together, and, and then coming together just like this evening tonight to sit together at the Lord's table. And so, tonight, I want to do something. I don't want to call it communion, although it is. And I, I'm not going to really call it a memorial, although it is, right? But I want to read you the Christmas story, and there's a word in here tonight that I want to use. And, and, and really, I don't want to really don't preach for a long time tonight, but I just want to, I want to show you three really quick things that I think can set the table for us this evening. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar to Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Carinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary his betrothed and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swallowed clothes, lying in a manger. And so there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorified and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The word I want to use tonight is found in verse 12, and it's the word sign. Uh, I want you to think tonight about communion, the Lord's Supper being a sign for us. And there's three things that I want you to see. Number one, I want you to see the the baby in a manger. Remember the sign of the baby in a manger. John chapter 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we know that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And we're here tonight, we're celebrating that. But the truth is, Jesus was not just born in Bethlehem, Jesus is being born, if you will, in our hearts all the time, right? Maybe if you here tonight, you are a professing believer. You're a disciple of the Lord Jesus. And, and here's how that happened. God birthed himself in you. And we, we call it conversion. We call it you know, new life. Uh, we call it being born again baby in a manger is a sign for each of us tonight to recall what he came to do, to remember his grace, to remember his mercy, to remember that Jesus came to make all things new. I I know that I have trusted him, so he is my new Lord, right? I want to be Lord, but I'm not Lord. He's Lord. And so he's new. He, he becomes our authority. My will becomes his will. Your will becomes his will. You become a new person. <coughs> Paul talk, talked about it being a new creation. Here's what I do know you can't be Jesus and say the same. There's a new identity. No longer do you identify yourself with what you've done or what somebody has done to you. You have a new identity in Jesus and you get to rest in his love and rest in his kindness and rest in his ability. A new mind. No more stinking thinking. All right? No more stinking thinking. You have a new mind. You view things differently. You view your job differently. Maybe you view view your family differently. You view everything differently. Why? Because you have a new desire. You stop what you used to do and start doing what you never thought you would. Your longings change. And so tonight I want you just to, to let your mind just drift to Bethlehem as you can't just see this baby lying in a manger. And as you see this baby lying in a manger, it is a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign that God has come. The second thing, the second side I want you to see is remember the sign of the Savior. God came like us in order to save us. I love the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 4 says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Luke chapter 24 verse 7 says the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified and on the third day rise so as you are peering into the manger I want you to see the baby here is God in the flesh I want you to see here is God who is humbling himself he's becoming a fragile baby you understand that he oh Jesus overcame his weaknesses by the power of Holy Spirit. And to see the sign of the Savior is to see His humility. I love, I just love reading about Jesus. Listen to these. Just great, great thoughts. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who thought, though he was in the form of God, did not count in equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He humbled Himself even to the death of the cross. That what an incredible sign that God would become vulnerable for our sake. It's the sign of the Savior. It's the sign of His amazing grace. The third sign I want you to see is the sign of the king. Revelation. Revelation. Only book in all the Bible says if you read it, you will be blessed. Anybody want a blessing? Then go on and read the book of Revelation. It comes with a promise. Listen to, listen to these words. On his robe and on his high, his thigh, he has a name written: King of Kings and the Lord of Of Lords, but you peer into the manger and you see the baby, you're seeing God. God became one of us. Don't ever underestimate the importance of a manger. God the second sign talks about Him being His Savior. And so He came to do what? He came to die. The second sign is a picture of the cross. So God came in the form of a baby, in the human form, just like me and just like you. If He fell down, He skinned His knee. Right? It's okay to say right. <laughs> if Jesus was running and He fell down, He scraped His knee, He would bleed just like you and I. Why? Because He But I can't. I know that he was 100 percent man and yet he was a hundred percent God. That I do know because that's what the scriptures teach. I don't understand how a popcorn pops, but I eat. Van <laughs> Tagner once said, I don't understand how electricity works, but I don't sit in the dark to try to figure it out. I just know the Bible says that God. Came. When you look into the manger, when you saw that picture of the baby there in the manger, I'm telling you, it, when, you when you look in the manger, you're you're looking at God who came to us, but well, he didn't stay a right? He grew up. And the Bible says that Jesus, God in the flesh, goes to a place called Calvary. Now, that's why the word there in the text, Savior, is so incredibly important. It is an audacious statement that Jesus, Jesus, said, I will take all of your sin and I will take it on myself and I will go to Calvary and I will pay a price for you. And Jesus goes and he dies. He Himself, He endures all the holy wrath of God on the cross. I have the news. He is a dead. And that's why it's so important to understand. For unto you is born to stay in the city of David. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Remember the sign of the King. He came to us as a baby in a manger but was and will always be the king. He did not choose an army. He didn't have a royal birth to display his
2: power. His strength as ours was made perfect in weakness. It's a sign of the king. It's a glorious sign that this baby one day would go to Calvary, bleed
1: and die for each of us, but that Jesus would not stay dead. The Bible says on the third day, Day He rose again. So I'm telling you, here are the three signs that you see in this text. There's God in the flesh. There's the cross of Calvary. And there is the fact that we have a risen Savior. Oh man, that just fires me up y'all. I have a, a pastor that sometimes I will listen to and I heard him recently share a story. And it was a story about a church and they were growing, it's in Texas, and it was just just incredible growth. And and so the the church had bought some land and before they could build, you know, they had to kind of sit on it for a while. And so his son and one of his friends took a SUV and a couple of four-wheelers and they went over to the property that they were going to build the new building on, and they were just riding around, having fun, having a big time. Kind of took a break, went over to McDonald's. Praise the Lord for McDonald's. Okay, the Golden Arches. He goes to McDonald's, they get him some food, they come back over to that piece of property, and they're just sitting there and they're eating. But you gotta remember you know, this property, man, has been neglected. It's kind of, there, there's dry weeds, we in Texas. And so while they're sitting there, all of a sudden they realize that there's a fire underneath the SUV. So evidently either the, the, the underneath, somehow whether there was the tailpipe or whatever was hot enough that the dry grass
2: caught on fire. And so they pulled the SUV and the,
1: and the two four-wheelers around to get out of the flame. They got out, tried to put it out, the wind started blowing, they couldn't do it themselves, they had to call 911. So here comes the you know, the, the fire trucks, and so the, the the captain just says, what is over there? And he says, well, there's there's two four-wheelers and my SUV. And, and about that time, they heard up, like, pop, pop, pop. What he said, what, what, what's in the SUV? And, and he brings it over and he grabs a little walkie-talkie. He says, whatever well, you do. daddy and daddy says guess who got to put on the novelist right I found out tonight Bob, I'll just kind of walk around just, just say hey people I couldn't believe it but I found out that Donald Trump was on the novelist this year. Okay, that's what I found <laughs> I got good news listen, listen to I got good news God doesn't have a novelist didn't have one. Didn't have one. But he does have a son. And that son came, that son lived, that son died. And by his loving kindness, he allows us to see these signs the manger, the
2: cross, and the empty tomb, which tonight I cannot help but say. Hallelujah.
1: What a Savior. He's got a great Savior. And so to not think now that we just, we know who He is and we realize all that He has done. That's why why the elements are perfect are really important. I mean, there's this little cracker, this little piece of bread, and that's to signify the
2: body of the Lord Jesus. And then there's this little cup of beans, and the juice signifies the wine. The wine is a a
1: symbol of of the blood that Jesus shed for us. And so tonight, I know that many of you, uh, the, you, you picked up the elements as you came in this evening, just in case anybody did not. Does anybody not have elements and you want to participate? Can you just raise your hand? And one of our guys, can we go, will somebody go grab that uh, container?
2: Thank you, thank you, Doug. Thank you, Al. And uh, I want to be sure that everybody gets served that needs to
1: be served. And then we get to join in this together. Just as Jesus was meeting with his disciples in that upper room, when Jesus began to stand up, to, to take off his outer garment, to begin to wash the disciples' feet, to tell them that he's going to die. What is that? It's a beautiful picture of the gospel. What do you have when you look at the manger? the cross and the empty tomb. You have a beautiful picture of the gospel. And So tonight I want to read to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, this is my body which is for You. Lord Jesus, tonight, we come to You and we recognize, Lord, that God, You came. You came through Your Son, Jesus, God in the flesh. And You lived before us For some 33 and a half years. Lord, we've read about your miracles. We read about your teaching. God, how you call men and women to follow you. And Lord, tonight we remember what you did. We remember that you sacrificed your body, you died a death that we should have died. God, I know that we live in a day where everybody wants their rights and we say that we deserve things. I'm so grateful tonight that You don't give me what I deserve. But I am grateful for Your grace that You would die for me and that God bodily, that You would do that to pay sin's debt. And so Jesus, tonight we remember and we thank You for what You did for us. And we pray this in Your name. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, He took the cup after supper saying. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Lord, we continue just to bow in the presence. Lord, just to think about how that you would give your life for ours. How that you would die. Lord, to think of how the blood and water mingled together. Jesus, that You would pay the ultimate price that we could know You and be a part of Your forever family. And God, we just testify tonight that we know that Your blood can wash away every sin and every stain of sin. So thank You that we've been washed in the blood. Thank You that we have been made new. Thank You that we've experienced power in the blood of Jesus. We ask this in Your name. Again, He says, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in
2: remembrance of me. As often as you drink it, remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the
1: cup, the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The other night, my youngest son Sean, talk to me. I say, my youngest son is 23. But my youngest son is 23. He's the only one that still lives at home with us, and he has a dear friend, and his dad's friend, or the, his friend's dad is one of my best friends. So every now and then we get together and we do something with our two boys, and so they wanted to go see Avatar. I don't know if any movie fans are in the house, okay? And uh, I mean, 2000, 2009, you know, Avatar comes out, and I'm kind of wild by it, you know? And so when they said, "Hey, we want to go see Avatar," now, we're all in. I was all I can't believe I to used the Dadoism, but I was all in, all right? <laughs> and so when I mean, we go, and, and when I go to a the movie, there's a certain things that have to, you know, they just have to be in line, right? You cannot talk during the movie if you go to the movies with me. That's an absolute no-no. You cannot go late. That is an absolute no-no. As a matter of fact, I think you're late if you don't get there before the previews start. Okay? So just, just say it. If you ever want to go to movies with me, there's some ground rules that we gotta, we got to nail down, all right? I love the previews. Why? It's, it's the previews of things that are coming up, right? It's the, the next movie, it's the next thing. They call it the preview of coming attractions, right? That's what Jesus meant when he said, do this as often as you can in remembrance of me. Why? Because you proclaim my name, my death, my life, and everything that's getting ready to happen. Until he what comes. The Lord Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. And so I I want to do something that I don't usually do at a service like this. I I don't think I've ever done this at a service like this. But I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Maybe some of us in this room tonight really, maybe just don't even understand what we just did.
2: But what you do understand is there's something going on in your heart that maybe has
1: never happened before. And I'm just wondering, some of you tonight maybe have heard the gospel. Maybe you've heard it for the first time. Maybe this is the tenth time. Maybe this is the thousandth time that you have heard the gospel. The truth about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That he became flesh. God became flesh. He became one of us so that we could become one of his. And maybe tonight, for the very first time, the Holy Spirit is just drawing you to himself. And maybe there's someone here that would say, man, I need Jesus. And maybe you're here tonight and you'd be willing just to pray and to receive his gift of salvation. And so while you're here tonight, by in the just the quietness of this moment, I'm not asking you to pray out loud, but I am asking you maybe to pray in your heart. Maybe you're here tonight to say, Ken, I know that I need Jesus. Listen, my, my words aren't magic. It's not that it's magic. I'm just helping you. Just like a man of God helped me when I was 16 years old to do, to, to just Repent of my sin and to trust Jesus as my Savior. And so tonight, if that's you, right where you're sitting, why don't you just pray with me? Dear Lord, I come to you and I am so willing to admit that I am a sinner. But Jesus, I believe The gospel. I believe that you are the Savior. And tonight, I believe in my heart. I will confess with my mouth, Jesus, that you are my Savior, my Lord, my King. So I repent of my sin. I trust and believe in what you have done. Lord, save me. Wash my sin away. You're now my Lord. And God, everything that you make new, God, you make new in me. In Jesus' name. And with your head still bowed and your eyes closed, listen, my, my goal is not to embarrass anybody. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. I think Jesus was a perfect gentleman. But I do want to ask one quick question. If you're here tonight and say, Ken, while you were praying, I did pray because I needed Jesus. I just want you to do something very, very simple. I just want you to look at me and let my eyes catch your eyes and then you can write that down. Anybody else? Ken, while you prayed, I prayed with you. All right, God bless you. Anyone else? Ken, while you prayed, right, God bless you. Anyone else can want to pray? All right, God bless you. So Lord, tonight, um, just just watching and observing what you are doing, God, I thank you for these three individuals that prayed to receive you. Now, Lord, I pray that they will not be able to keep it to themselves. And Lord, they would be willing to share it with their family. I pray that maybe even after this service, God, they would just come and share it with me. Lord, I would love the joy of just praying with them individually. And so, God, I am trusting you to do the work that only you can do. God, I can't say you say; I can't draw you draw. And so, God, I was praying that this was true and genuine and authentic. And uh, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you that you still save. Lord, thank you for a sweet night that we get to be together as a body on Christmas Eve. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done and all that you continue to do. For we ask all these things in your name. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: I want us to share one more song together as we it's probably one of the best you known Christmas songs of all time Silent Night. It has four verses. We're going to sing them all. We stand together inside. Let's take a listen. the, the fourth verse, let let sing it